<laughs> and Nate's laying on the floor, so he might sound a little. No, I'm to laying me. in the bed. Actually, I have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, is it a special episode of Movies on the Side? It's a very special episode. Well, first of all, your posture is unique to this episode, so that's, you know, different. I am lounging. (laughs) Fair enough. And I don't want to bury the lead because we have a special guest. I don't know if it's Tom or Thomas, but he'll tell us. Welcome, Tom Thomas. (laughs) How you doing? Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom works. Oh, Tom, hey, hey you're hey. on the call. <laughs> Nate, you're prostrate. What's going on? <laughs> I am. Uh, I am. have a little bit of a sore back because I'm in mm. my 30s, and uh, mm. apparently that's what happens to you every once in a while. Yeah, totally been there. Taco Bell. Anyway, Tom, how do you say your last name? My last name is, yeah, it's very tricky. I've heard at least 13 different ways you can say it, but the way mm. that I like to say it, which I'd like to think is the correct way, is Zuniga. 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 But it is of Hispanic origin that and it used to have a tilde oh. over the N and an accent mark on either the U or the I. I've seen it both ways. So it used to be pronounced Zuniga. Ooh. But now it's Americanized and That's awesome. That's a lot of uh, umlauts and accents. And I know, it's a lot. Cool. It's a lot going on. Yeah, we 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 really stripped it down. I have I have a similar well, I have a Hispanic last name. Mm. And so I've heard it many ways. I've heard Robles and Rubles. <laughs> Elementary school stuff. But anyway, it's great to have you. Tom yeah. is the uh, writer and founder? I'm the founder. Well, co-founder, which is still the founder. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're one of the founders. Yeah. Anyway, founder, podcaster, writer, uh, traveler, thought leader, and other uh, <laughs> extravagant words of uh, your other brothers, a website and podcast. And so just encourage you to uh, check them out there. And uh, we're glad to have him on the show. Yeah, and we made the we made the stunning realization today that we've done the exact same number of podcasts, you mm. guys and myself. This is amazing. What it was meant to be. Yes. Anyway, we're going to talk about <laughs> the 1999 movie, The Mummy. <clears throat> Sorry, it's a little early. Got got to clear my throat. <clears throat> Good podcasting right there. Yes, and but and this is Tom's recommendation, and I love it because it's mm. one of my favorite movies from my childhood. But what is your movie oeuvre? Do you, do you really enjoy movies? Has it kind of been a big thing? Or Tell us, tell us about how you consume movies. Yes. <laughs> That's right. So here's, here's the deal. I've seen about 14 movies in my life. <laughs> Wait a minute. The Mummy included among them. <laughs> Nate, you didn't share this with me. <laughs> listen. This is, is going to go great. <laughs> what it means is that The Mummy is a potent love. A potent kind of love because he doesn't, he's not distracted by all these other no. movies. Oh, I'm it's very selective. The movies that I like, I love and I watch mm. over and over and over. And the ones that I don't, I don't mess with and I just leave. Mm. So, no, I'll say I've seen more than 14 movies, probably <laughs> 20. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> okay. But mainly I'm just friends with Nate. And so I was like, this would be great to come right. on the podcast, and so here I am. I'm and he to has talk podcasting equipment. Uh, I have already. a microphone that it took right. me a few minutes to figure out the the mute button situation. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's totally fine. We more we more scoted for a second. Okay, <laughs> well, very good. Before we get into the movie, because Nate and I talk about our rose colored glasses era, which I think happens in the late teenage years of one's life, and this movie came out during that time for me. 
Is it a similar situation with you, or did you experience this? He's trying to triangulate your age. I don't want to be <laughs> too doing, specific. He's but doing his best. It, this, but this is important background information. So who was the president, let's just say? When <laughs> mm, <laughs> I mean, it was an eight-year span. In this. How did public policy affect your viewing of this movie? Right, right. Um, yeah, no, I was 12 years old when this movie came out, and I don't know <laughs> when... I honestly can't remember the first time I saw it. It wasn't one of those. Right. It wasn't one of those movies that I saw it for the first time, and then like my life was changed forever. And I'm pretty sure I didn't see it in theaters. It was like one of those movies that mm. it was a family. It was a family movie night movie at some right. point in the living room and real family friendly. It's really family <laughs> friendly. Uh huh. Really. When when those beetles climb in, that's the that's the no, that's where it's good. Tom, they're scarabs. They're not beetles. Oh, sc- sorry. <sighs> sorry about that. Um, He's about to kick you off. <laughs> no, no. But no, it was like, for whatever, after the first time we saw this movie, it became a Zuniga family staple. Like this movie, hmm. I would say this movie and Men in Black are the two yes. Zuniga family staples that we return, we return to that well over and over and over, both in viewing form and in quotability form. Like this movie is quoted so much in our family we know we know all the jokes and it's yeah it never gets old so this movie has a, a fond spot in my heart well that's so interesting i definitely did not see this in theaters either we would not see something close to scary uh in the, on the big screen but i do yeah we got the dvd and watched it at home i don't know how it was allowed because uh, it's pretty <laughs> it could be pretty gruesome at times i think that's the theme of all of us like yeah yeah, we had, and maybe it was around the time, I'm not sure if we had it on DVD, but I think it became like a TNT channel special. Like this movie for about 10 years, if you had ca- a cable package of any kind, mm. was playing on one of those channels. Yeah, it was on TBS or TNT. Right. Or yes, exactly. Every, every week. And it was, yeah, Mother who listens to this podcast <laughs> loves this movie and nice. I still haven't figured out exactly why because like it's not it's like nothing else she likes Jacob can attest mm. to her love for it and we this movie's on a lot in the Baranowski home or at least it was in the early aughts let's get into the official review we're reviewing the 1999 movie The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. Weiss, not Vice. Yeah, that right? feels right. Yeah, yeah, Weiss. So Rotten Tomatoes, 58 critic score, 75 audience satisfaction, which, which feels right. Feels right. right. <laughs> I know this is, this is not a, an Oscar-winning movie, but it is definitely enjoyable. Tom, why, why do you think this was so, such a staple for you guys? I don't know. Yeah, it had a good blend of drama but comedy like i don't know i get yeah. that doesn't make this a dramedy i don't think it fits into that mm, category but, no but like i was when we were rewatching it last because i haven't seen this movie in it's been a few years now i was surprised by the open because i forgot how how much they set up this like backstory for the mummy i, I seem mm-hmm. to recall that it was like a 30 second just like oh this guy and this girl this thing and then death and then that was it but no it was like this long drawn out opening as for he was condemned to endure the Hongdai, the worst of all ancient curses, one so horrible it had never before been bestowed. And it sets up a lot of like dramatic stuff for the movie, but then it's also very 
silly and carefree and it's got this blend of both this yeah. perfect blend of both that i just find so charming and appealing i personally really like brendan fraser also mm, yes and I, th- I think in this kind of humorous swashbuckling type role he really swash he really shines he is perfect yeah and and i don't know if you read because he kind of disappeared for a long time like shortly after these mummy movies and some other stuff he kind of dropped out of acting and there was some there was some profile in a magazine about him he went through some personal stuff but i missed him because i really enjoyed him in these movies and then he kind of you know didn't do stuff for a while rachel weiss character in my teenage year rose-colored glasses era she also left an impression watching it again she's in this you know because there's several mummy movies i think there's three there's the mummy returns and then Mm -hmm. the mummy like we're back again (laughs) one more again revenge of the mummy the dragon, dragon emperor, or something. <laughs> rise, rise of the Sith mummy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's funny because I think Rachel's character changes pretty significantly from movie to movie. Yes. As far as not only attire but also just in her personality. I think at some point in time we ranked uh, maybe heroines from movies, mm. and I remember her having having her high in my list. And watching this movie for the first time in a long time for me last night, she definitely was a lot more damsel-y in this movie than I remembered. I believe it's probably The Mummy Returns where she's a little bit more well-equipped to handle the the mummies. Yes, I think so. Because there were some scenes that I thought were in this movie that I definitely think were in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's the mummy, the mummy returns, and then the third one is the mummy, tomb of the dragon emperor. Too mummy, too furious. Right. <laughs> I don't think I saw it. Uh, Rachel Weisz is not in the third one, but Brendan Fraser is apparently, along with Jet Li, apparently. Ooh, yes. Yeah, Jet. Okay, so I have a first thought, a 30,000 feet kind of view of this movie, having watched it last night, far too late. <laughs> right. And that is this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come at you guys a bit. Oh, boy. It's not as good as I remember. Ugh. That is a heartbreak. Yeah, I know. I know. But I watched it, and I thought, I remember this movie being more fun. And I think Mm. that Mm. as a 31-year-old man, (laughs) the things that really were either like super exciting Mm. or scary as a teenager didn't quite hold up for me this time around. There are still some great parts in it. But overall, I felt a little lackluster. I found upon rewatching it, because I also haven't seen it in a number of years, the cheesy lines stand out more now as an adult. You know, I, I think there are some genuinely funny quips. Some Brendan Fraser has a lot of cool moments, but there are also a lot of lines that just kind of drop. <laughs> and, and you notice that as an, as a, as an adult, and you're like, eh. And the rose-colored glasses help you overlook those. But I, right. I, I, I somewhat agree. I still think there are some re- things that really leave a hard impression, like when the first scarab crawls in that guy's foot <laughs> and goes all the way <laughs> to his brain. Classic, yeah. I could still remember that scene, even if I hadn't seen it last night. Like I, I just vividly remember that picture. He dies, right? Like when he hit that wall, is he dead? I That's think so. It. He's gone. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Okay. If the scarab didn't get him, the wall did. One of okay. So scarab, scarabs play a big role in this movie. A little quibble. I have a few quibbles now after doing a little research too. Uh, Hamunaptra, not really a city ever existing in history. So that's totally fictional. Made it 
up thing. Okay. And then the curse that's put on the mummy or the method of also fictional. Hum die. Yeah, it's all it's all <laughs> fictional. For some reason, I never thought to look it up as a kid. I just thought it was all true. <laughs> Oh, you really embrace the historical accuracy of the movie The Mummy? I just assumed, like, at least they would choose a city that actually existed. But anyway. I will will not let y'all's quibbles with this movie deter me. I I am resolute in my love and adoration for this movie. So I will say watching it, I was surprised by the length. I didn't remember it being as long as it did. It did feel like maybe it could have been trimmed possibly 15 minutes. Other than that, though, big fan. There are some dialogue scenes that I still think hold up when Rachel Weiss is haggling and Brendan Fraser's being hanged. You lie. I will never. Are you telling me this filthy, godless son of a pig knows where to find the city of the dead? Yes. Truly? Yes. And if you cut him down, we will give you... 10%. 50. 20. 40. 30. 25. Ah, deal. It's a fun scene, and she plays it well and shows that she's witty. I like that. Okay, here's a couple categories I want to talk through, and just because there's three of us, we'll do a little round table here, mm-hmm, go around. Mm-hmm. But I would like to talk about we are now watching special effects that are 20 years old. Mm. I would like to hear from you guys the the special effects that you thought still held up or were, were still delightful, and which ones didn't age as well when thinking about the viewing of this movie. So, Tom, you are the guest. You will go last. <laughs> I, I thought to myself, you should go first. And I was like, well, maybe he has, needs to have time to think. Give, right. me, give me some so. thinking time. Yeah. Okay. Steven, special yes. effects. What held up and what uh, looks 20 years old? So, back to the scarabs. I think the scarabs actually hold up all right. Again, they're small, black, round things. So, maybe not terribly difficult to animate but i think those are good why they actually make screeching noises where i don't think any other bug in scarier. real life does a little weird but scarier most other things don't i think the mummy when he first resurrects is pretty cheesy why he steals the eyes from the blind guy is, <laughs> is can we can we talk about that can we talk about yes. the blind guy because because we were theorizing i you know we were watching with um i was watching with with jacob nate's brother last night and we were confused because i had never considered it like if he stole the blind guy's eyes shouldn't he have then acquired his level of vision or walked around with classes the whole movie oh, i would have loved to see hilarious. a mummy with classes <laughs> That would have been amazing. He might have one of those like healing uh, properties, you know. The the idea that <laughs> he stole a guy's eyes and then went, oh no, <laughs> you like, corrective starts, lenses starts bumping into things, and yeah, that would have been so great That's for this hilarious. movie too. That would have been so hilarious too. I I can't believe they missed that. That is pretty funny. He he needed that guy's eyes to see. He didn't need it to see. He just needed. He just wanted. He needs the juice. Body parts. It's the body juice. Check, the check body off juice. the list. All right. Got the eyes. Yeah. Got the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Leave me. Leave me. Hey. Hey. Could you help me find my... The only other special effect I feel holds up okay is when the mummy is almost whole, but he's still got like a hole in his cheek. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that bug crawls out of his yes. neck into his cheek and he crunches it. <laughs> Another Iconic. impressionable moment, yes. But most of the things, a lot of the sand things, 
the other mummies that Brendan Fraser is fighting at the end. A lot of that stuff doesn't it doesn't hold up. It feels very dated. And all the watery, like goopy death pool type mm, areas. Yeah. Those are all very, very cheesy. Yeah, I was gonna say the only thing that really I I again I'm resolute in loving this movie. But no, I will say fun. graphically, yeah, I remember at the end the pool of of shadows and souls or whatever he sinks into. Right. Like it was kind of green screeny, it felt like. Yes. I thought it was decent, like the the progression of the mummy as he's regenerating, like it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. clearly fake, but you know, it it thought it was decent. I I wasn't too distracted. Whenever the mummy opens his mouth and it stretches out more than it should, mm. that was also left an impression and <laughs> mixed mixed uh, quality from here to there. But very yeah. scary as a young teenager, if that's I remember right. correctly. Mm. And when he does it, and the sand that's chasing them in the plane mimics his face, that's pretty impressionable. I remember. Yeah, that. that was a good part. I think for me. The parts with the goop, I think it was around the time where there was a lot of emphasis on like, we need to use a lot of CGI because this is the future. It's 1999, that turn of the century, everyone's mm-hmm. fighting for a bunch of CG work. Yes. The the goopy, like the soul of his love flying up there. Yeah. You can tell like, all right, we can do the bugs because they're shiny <laughs> and slick. We can do the rippling water because we know how to do that. Yeah. It's it's it was a day when computer generated things could not make anything look furry or dry. <laughs> Everything had right. was glossy right. and wet. Yes, yes. This was this this came out the same year as the first Matrix. Just keep that in mind as far wow. as special effects uh, and the Phantom comparison. Menace. Was that both? Mm. Yeah, what a great year in movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. I remember this this actually left a very big impression on me. Because I think The Mummy had one of the first times where I saw some behind-the-scenes footage. So maybe I must have seen it like on a DVD. But it was one of my first interests in how a movie gets made. Because I mm. remember the scene of Brendan Fraser with the sword fighting the mummies. And how they filmed that with like no one around him. And he was just kind of right. fighting and learning his choreography. I really like when the mummy gets baseball knocked off. <laughs> that left an impression upon me. I like the moment when Brendan Fraser's being held down by two mummies and can't reach his sword, and he waits till that mummy hand grabs it, and then he grabs the mummy hand. Yes. It's pretty little good. little extender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, next. I, I have one more thing, and then I will yield the floor. Romance corner. Yes, thank you. Now, when I was a teenager, I thought to myself, I don't remember this the romance of this movie much because I cared more about the mummies. But I remember thinking like, oh, this is great. Like, they really have great chemistry in this movie. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts of Rachel Weisz and Brendan Fraser. Do you feel like they had great chemistry? You want to know? Well, yes. Do you really want to know? Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) I am all about this romance. (laughs) This is a tale as old as, as time itself. Mm, this was... Are you sure that's this tale? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The way that he kisses her and then she like looks at him longingly after she saves him from being hung. And then when they like change wardrobe and she like is wearing this like new Egyptian sexy garb and then he looks mm-hmm. at her, like it's, they set it up pretty early and I'm all in. All in, all the way. Tom, how did you feel about that scene where she is inebriated 
and like yes. saying crazy things and he's by just far <laughs> by far my favorite line of the movie was when she's inebriated and he's trying to figure her out and ask her who she is and she just stands up and proudly says but i am proud of what i am and what is that i am a librarian <laughs> i love her so much i am with you for the most part i th- i think i think those moments like the hanging scene and hey tom for those you know it's your first time here but when he says i'm with you for the most part he's he's not with you for oh the i can most tell part. i can tell there's something something inside of him is pushing i want to let you know uh-huh. i want to let you know that he very much disagrees with you no, but i'll translate no. for you <laughs> Go on, Stephen. Not very much disagree. I again just viewing it now as opposed to when I was younger. When I was younger, I was like, "This is basically Aladdin and Jasmine," and mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a beautiful story. And now it's just I think some of the cheesy lines get in the way of the relationship, but I still like the two of them as a a thing that it continues into the second movie. I think is enjoyable too. If it's a believability question, I believe them. So, and I, and I enjoy the scenes when they, when they're bantering back and forth and together, I think they can be witty. The brother I could do without. What, what was your thought, uh, Nate, since you asked the question? Well, I had its moments, but I think I remembered the romance as being better in the mummy returns. Um, Mm, yeah, yeah. There is a few scenes that don't age as well. So 20 years later, Kissing her through the bars when he didn't know her mm. doesn't look as great in this in the, in the, sure. in the modern world we live in. <laughs> yeah, sure. I feel like that happens a lot in movies and an unprovoked kiss that left her thinking about it for days like it was the most amazing thing. That happened in the, uh, the last movie we talked about, uh, Time Traveler's Wife. <laughs> also. Yes, yes. So, agreed. Like, um, hey, hey guys, in, uh, in real life, uh, just a little don't PSA. Do don't <laughs> steal kisses. Yeah, don't do not that. Not a not cool. But to Brendan Fraser's credit, it was a good idea at the time. So there's because there's... he needed to get out of jail. <laughs> right. It, he was using it as a ploy. He had nothing to lose, Nate. So my nothing to lose. He was about to be hung. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. I Winston, pedal faster. One side character I had totally forgotten about until watching it last night. Was Winston the uh, plop the pilot? <laughs> Boo! You didn't oh, like Winston? He's the worst. I could do without Winston in this movie. I just love Winston's happy smile as he's perishing into the quicksand. I love that so much. It's a great send off. <laughs> Another quibble: if that plane literally landed in quicksand, you would have think it would have started sinking earlier. Winston perished instantly, and the other three walk away without a scratch. I don't know how that happened. He was at the front of the plane. Uh, it's understandable. He he absorbed. <laughs> yeah, he was the airbag for the others. Okay, yeah. but let's talk about the brother. You you brought him up briefly. Mm-hmm. Again, these were the times where most of his lines, maybe as a teenager, didn't hit me as annoying. But now, upon rewatching, most of his lines are. We are we are in like a lot of opposites here because I kind of dug him this time around. Really? What's the what's the movie term for like the character that's the like the comic relief? Is that is there a fancier term for that? Y'all are the movie experts. Well, well, butter us up, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, it was very nice. Yeah, he was the comic relief at times. Yeah, 
Brendan Fraser could do that well enough on his own. Mm, yeah. So that's why at times he felt superfluous. Yeah, yeah, I could see. The final fight scene when they're all in the crypt or whatever, I feel like the mummy does not do a lot. He just kind of looks around most of the time <laughs> while his like dead girlfriend and these other mummies do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. I think he might have won that last battle if he actually had done something. <laughs> that would have been a great time for a, a sandstorm, probably. Yeah, he <laughs> right. controls, like, yeah, he controls the desert. And yeah, and he just stands around and kind of watches. And even when he goes to, like, open up his mouth really wide and I assume just gobble up Brendan Fraser whole. Right. That's also, it takes a very long time for him to, to do anything. Maybe, maybe he's he, got to like, warm punches up. him for a while. He's, he's got to loosen up, you know what I mean? Gotta. He drained those other guys of their juices, <laughs> and they were just husks at the end of it. That's true. I'm glad uh, uh, Benny got his own, though. He was, he was snively. Benny might uh, be, for what Benny. he is, a great character. So yes. Great. Yes, he does very well at... Snively. To being snively. Snively. <laughs> that one scene uh, when... Weasley. 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 Yeah. When he first encounters the mummy, and he has pretty much every religion's... <laughs> emblem around his neck and prays all different prayers like i i appreciated that like he was trying to see what works just grasping at straws think of my children you don't have any children someday i might shut up i think his nasty teeth were very effective mm, in this movie. yes i couldn't yes. not look at his his mouth he just has yeah he has a punchable face and mm. perfect <laughs> casting perfect voice yeah just like everything about him is such a great uh such a great character Yes. Benny. I liked the who I affectionately regard as the cricket man who when the plague of crickets comes down is like holding the book and then he's like just covered mm. in crickets and just doesn't care. And just has, a- has his epic line to say, like, what have we done? And there's like three thousand crickets all over his body and he's he's just over. I liked him a lot. He's my he's my favorite. What have we done? The cricket that that moment is impressionable. What have we done? <laughs> is do you think that Brendan Fraser is like? I thought he would look cooler with his two guns, mm. uh, shooting people. I like when he he's always pulling out a new gun from a, a new holster. <laughs> I don't know how many holsters he's wearing at one time. Uh, for whatever reason, yeah, I prefer Brendan Fraser with a giant sword fighting mummies a lot more than using his guns. I didn't mm. think he looked that cool with the guns. A lightsaber would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the first scene, True. when he's uh, there's that barrage of cavalry and he's doing all that stuff. I think he looks cool in that first scene. But yeah, the I like the sword later. Yeah, good good sword guy. The only other quote, because there's, I mean, gosh, there's so many great quotes. When they first discover the mummy and they're like trying to find an adjective to describe it and they both say juicy at the same time. Yes, I yes. love that descriptor. That quote comes up a lot in Zuniga family discussions. When we try to describe <laughs> things and we call them juicy, that comes up more mm. often than you'd think. And um, <laughs> yeah, and just like, I don't know. It's yeah, there's, there's lots of quotes that I, I yeah. return to again and again. And that's... That's the mark of like a good movie for me. It doesn't have to be Oscar quality, but if it's quotable, mm-hmm. I'll take it. I do like when the, the cricket guy says, you must not read from the book. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> what, is, what does she say? What does Rachel Weisz say before she says I'm a librarian in her inebriated state where she says like, what is a place like me doing in a girl like this? Yes, I've been like that. Yes. Yes. 
See, oh, you were so even you. Even you remember, Nate. Even I remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's rate this movie from a scale of zero to five scarabs. Yeah, it better be scarabs. It I better be scarabs. I was, I there's know. nothing else. Right? Yeah, there's nothing else. Yeah. Tom, since you are our guest, how would you rate The Mummy? Well, first of all, you know, I'm not a movie expert by, by any stretch, <laughs> but I, I, I have a little bit of a gripe with, with you guys about the rating oh system. What? Are, are, you, are you ready? Wait a minute. This wasn't part of the deal. Kick him off. <laughs> mute, mute him. I, edit him out. We'll edit his whole entire talking out. Yeah. This isn't against you, just you. This is against society. Society that has decided oh to rate things with decimals. I am just very confused by this because if you if you want to rate something 3.5 scarabs or 1.5 mm-hmm. scarabs, why don't you just add more numbers? Why why the need to restrict yourself then? Because I don't know. You could you could do a 10 point scale, you could do an 8 point scale, you could do I don't know. You could add some variation there. So that's just that's just a little gripe for me whenever y'all are rating these things like 4.5 or 3.5. I'm like just round up or round down or I have know. I have thought many a times about how to rate movies as a whole. I have a friend on my team, and he rates movies zero, one, or two. Boom! I love it. And a lot of a lot of times, I I have a problem with it. But when you push into a movie, it does kind of fall into one of those categories. Like two, this was amazing. I'm going to watch mm-hmm. it again. Bad, decent, good. <laughs> right, right. right, and and it does fall in those categories. I think it's something about whole numbers that when you when you say Seven it feels absolute. When you say yeah, when you say seven, you are committing to a quality level of this movie when you still might have some uncertainty. And there are times when Nate and I will give it just a three or a four. Mm-hmm. But there are some times where you just you're not sure. We are getting little... into the quarters more. We're we're getting a little out of control. <laughs> On a thrilling two-part finale last week on Movies on the Side. Y'all, I love this movie. Y'all, Mummy's the greatest movie of all time. Uh, This is Nate, and my back hurts a whole lot, and I'm very tired. Hello, this is Steven, and I'm the same always. Steady (laughs) as a rock. And now, part two. (laughs) Well, listeners, since Nate broke the fourth wall... Yes, we had a a recording. I snafu. knew we were gonna keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, there was a recording snafu, and so from this point on, you have just heard Tom bash our a zero <laughs> to five rating system and his quibble with our decimals. And we've had a week to heal. That's right. And so now we're going to go into the rating system, and uh, Tom is going to rate this movie. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I am really grateful. I, I was texting you guys this. I was really grateful for this opportunity for redemption because there's one significant thing that I left out last Ooh. time. So I was hoping that before I get to my rating, which I think it's pretty obvious to the listeners what I'm going to rate this movie, but we'll hold the suspense <laughs> for another couple minutes. Um, <laughs> I wanted to make a tie-in, actually. So I, I mentioned that this movie is very popular in the Suniga household, and it we come back to it time and again like a, a fountain that just keeps giving. and <laughs> But there's another tie-in. So not, not only is there a tie-in to my family, there's a tie-in to my, to my community that I co-founded, Your Other Brothers, and the podcast that we do. 
which we tackle. We tackle a lot of gritty, you know, raw subjects on our podcast. And one of them that we that we tackle is something called emotional dependency. Do y'all know what that is? Have you experienced this this phenomenon? Yes, I know what it is. Okay, I think I'm dependent on Nate. Wait, wait uh, Stephen so. says. <laughs> Depending on me showing up for this podcast. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, it's it's in essence, it's like an unhealthy attachment to a certain individual, mm. maybe to give them more than they are humanly capable of of giving you. So right, right. It's funny because we did we've done we've talked about emotional dependency a lot in our community and our on our podcast. And we've like, like typical millennials, we shorten everything because that's the trend. Like you abbreviate things, you shorten things. And so rather than call it emotional dependency, we've called it emo depth. That has been the name that we've given it. And every time <laughs> we give it the name emo depth, I think about this movie and I think about oh. emo tep. <laughs> and oh, and to be honest, I, I would probably much rather have a go at emo tep than have to face emo depth again because I've experienced emo depth several times in my life and it's i honestly would yeah i'd, I'd rather have a, a crack at the mummy I'd, I'd rather take him on than have to deal with that <laughs> so I, I thought i would bring that up it was a humorous tie-in that i can't believe i didn't bring up last time so so what you are saying is you would rather face <laughs> a flesh-eating eyeball-stealing half-dead uh-huh. curse-driven plague-bringing mummy then you would want to face a codependent a, a codependent relationship. Yeah, it's it's the worst. I do not recommend it. I will never hear the name Imhotep again the same. I will always <laughs> tie it in. And for the rest Thank of my you. life I will think of you, Tom, when I see that name. That is such such an honor. Yeah. That is if anything I can contribute <laughs> to this discussion, it's like thinking about that whenever emo you hear dip. about the mummy. Yeah. Watch beware emo dip. <laughs> if I could take the rabbit trail even a step further. I heard on another podcast this thing of how the human brain can hold on to something like that. And this other podcast host was telling a story. He said when he was in high school, on the last day of high school, his friend was standing over him. He leaned over the water fountain to take a drink. And his friend says, for the rest of your life, every time you take a drink from a water fountain, you will remember me. <laughs> and for the rest of his life, that, would be that is exactly what yeah. happened. That would be so impossible to not have even an inkling of that thought that's, that's crazy. right and yeah. he said uh, it's like 30 years later the host wow. was saying and uh, yeah he still thinks about it all right well tom you've waxed poetically about this movie <laughs> yes, you've compared it to emotional dependency mm-hmm. tell us how would you rate the mummy well we're if we're rating on a zero to five scarab scale that's right with no decimals or at least i'm not going to be using decimals nobody's perfect yeah um <laughs> i don't know like this to me by my personal rating system, this to me is a perfect movie. This is a five scarab caliber movie. It's humorous. It's charming. The chemistry with the cast is impeccable. And great location. Interesting story. Suitable graphics. Like it's, it, hits, it checks all the boxes mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And the quotability suitable. thing. Honestly, if a movie is quotable, that's all I need. That's why I also would give The Phantom Menace five scarabs, but that's another conversation. Oh, my. Wait a minute. You can't drop something like that at the Hold tag end up. of a, a review like that. Oh my I God. love The Phantom Menace so much. It is the most quotable of all the Star Wars movies. It is fantastic. I'm sorry. This quotability factor is is so high, and you're... Quotability is like 75% of the quotient for me. Sorry. Wow. Well, you are an author. So I, I yes, guess I have a thing for words. Words, mm-hmm. yes. words dialogue. Yeah. Okay. Well. So there you go. Y'all rip, rip it apart. But that's I stand by. I stand by it. Five scarabs into my foot. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds accurate. Well, Nate, would you like to offer your review? 
two scarabs. <laughs> two scarabs. One coming out the neck into the cheek. <laughs> one going mm. into the foot, up the leg. Um, it just doesn't hold up. I loved it. I loved it for a time. I loved it for a season. You slept a summer by my side. Anyway. You filled my teens with endless mummy wonder. So all I can say is I think Brendan Fraser is overrated in this movie. I think The Mummy Returns, I wish had some of those scenes in this one. Mm. It's fine. It was great for a season, but I put away childish things, and now mm. I'm an adult. Oh, and so it is two scarabs. You need the, the faith of a child, Nate. You need to, to believe need in to mummies. Discover your child. <laughs> a child mummy? The faith Ooh. of a child mummy. Ooh, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. That's like child zombie. All right, Stephen. Well, because my nostalgia meter is definitely high on this movie, mm. I'm going to skew a little subjective. I'm going to give it, just for Tom, 2.75 scares. Right. Yes. Give him those decimals. Three, three feels a little too high for me because the, the amount of cheesy lines and some quibbles with the movie, I can't give it a three. But 2.75, mm. I, I, would, I would watch this movie again in the future. I would dare say, if you have never seen this movie, that it might even be worth a late Friday night Netflix binge. I disagree with Nate. I do think Brendan Fraser is good in this movie. And if I see him in any kind of movie, I, it would want, I would want it to be something like this. And it is impressionable. I did laugh a couple times, <laughs> probably not as much as Tom during the movie. <laughs> but, Certainly uh, not. but I did. I even, even rewatching it, however many years later, I could still enjoy moments. So 2.75 scarabs me and as always we'll let the listeners decide right yes we would love to hear <laughs> tell us who's right we have the whole <laughs> gamut <laughs> so we have a top five today special top five guys i've had a week to do this part two and i have done something glorious and i have saved it as a surprise for both of you you ready for this well first yes steven sorry i cut you off first tell us what the no, top no. five is and then i will reveal my surprise so today we're going to do the top five Entman slash Little Debbie slash Hostess desserts. And we're including all three because we kind of pull from uh, all three brands, if you would. So yeah, our top five household package desserts from those three. Here we go. I have reached out to all three of these companies. <laughs> Personally? Personally. Whoa. During this last week, I contacted Entman's. They actually have a chat function. <laughs> And if you've ever wanted to chat with someone about pastries, you'll get about two minutes worth before they cut you off and they end the chat session. But here's what I discovered in the, in the time speaking to Entman's. You do not pronounce the second N. Oh. The emphasis is on the Ent, so Entman is correct. Okay. I asked what, was, what product do they recommend if I was going to buy for a big group from the wow. Entman collection? The response was... Like our saying says, everyone has a favorite. Mm. But then Anne responds in text form, most people seem to love the rich frosted donuts, though. Huh. End, end chat. Cut me off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did, you, did you get to talk to Debbie? Did you get in touch with little Debbie? Okay. Okay. Or well, no. I'll, get to her, I'll get to her next. I then contacted <laughs> Lil Debbie. Lil, Lil Debbie. Now, Lil <laughs> Debbie doesn't have a chat, so I actually had to call... The customer. You did line. not. You did not. I did. Nate, this is incredible. I absolutely did. You've done a great service. First thing I asked, what was their most popular? Little Debbie's. 
person on the phone, don't remember his name, could not answer, would not answer, says, I do not have the data, so sorry. I then said to Lil Debbie, I said, I saw on your website, there's a place to take your treats and make them into recipes. Now, I didn't say on the phone that these are monstrosities and abominations, but I said, (laughs) quick question, if I wanted to take a zebra roll and turn it into like a real like Trojan horse kind of zebra, (laughs) construct a zebra out of zebra rolls and cakes, could I submit it to Little Debbie? Uh, Are are these users submitted uh, recipes? Could I get it on the website? He said very adamantly, oh, actually, no, sorry. This was a she for Little Debbie. Mm Her name was not Debbie. <laughs> she said, no, those recipes are created by our designers in-house. Ooh. Those are not just user-submitted ones. And I left it there. Wow. Okay. Then I called Dr. Hostess. <laughs> Again, no chat line, no chat line, just a, a phone call. At Hostess, I came in hot and I said, listen... <laughs> Are you guys the originator of the chocolate cupcakes? Because all three of you companies have the exact same chocolate cupcake with the white swirl on top and the cream in the middle. Who's the original? Who is the pretender? And he said very adamantly, ours was first Mm. in 1919 or something like that. And I said, how are these two other companies, Lil Debbie and Entenmann's, how are they able to reproduce this? And he said, as if giving a PR statement... I cannot speak for the other companies why they make the decisions they do. Mm. It is their right. Mm. Wow. End of call. That's serious, Nate. Don't ever say that I didn't do the hard, uh, yeah. the hard journalism. Did you preface any of these conversations by saying that you like are on a podcast or, no, or are you just some Joe Schmo calling to talk about um, cupcakes? I gave the hostess guy, hey, I'm on a podcast and okay. we're talking about these snacks. Okay. Every other company... I was just a normal person uh, who felt uh, inclined to talk about pastries. Yeah, this is what normal people do. They call pastry companies in the middle of the exactly. day and talk about their product. I'll, I'll be honest. They probably don't get a lot of calls. They might have welcomed someone like Nate. Did you have to hold? I was on Lil Debbie. I was on hold for like 15 minutes for Lil Debbie. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, Entenmann's, right away. Chat, right through. Got me through. Okay. Hostess, right through. Okay. So that was my little treat for you guys. You're welcome. That was delectable. I wonder if these companies ever have like an all hands meeting with a big whiteboard and the hostess gets up there and they write Little Debbie and Entenmann's on the other side. And they say, these abominations, they've stolen our cupcake. I wonder if they do stuff like that. Oh yeah, but that's all in-house. They can't, you can't express that. No, no, no. That no. kind gotta, of pettiness get, to the people. You got to get the PR statement for that. I just wonder what Straight. the design, what, what was what was the job description of the Little Debbie monstrosity people, like design specialists or something? Yeah, those in-house designers, yeah. I don't... How do you get that job? What does that look like? I think you sit in a, a kitchen for a long time with a bunch of little mini donuts and muffins around you, and you're just given a bunch of chocolate glue. And like, all right, time to go. Make something. You have 30 minutes. Escape the room. Well, let's jam through our top fives. What do you say we go uh, five to one? Each person does their five to one, and then uh, mm-hmm. we discuss. All right. So coming in at number five, still don't know how you say this word, but I'm going with the pecan, pecan. You had it right the first time. <laughs> yep, right going, the first time. I say pecan, but but apparently people want me to say pecan. So or pecan, you can choose pecan. The spin wheels, those little spin wheel things, those are so simple and delicious, and I could eat twelve of them. You may be a grant. You may be an eighty-year-old man inside of you, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere inside of me. Yes, 
Love those things. Um, gonna go with the oatmeal cream pie at number four. Mm. They're delicious. Uh, number three, the fudge brownies with walnuts with the little perforated split down the <laughs> middle. Those things, I love mm. breaking that. That's the best part of it. Just, a perforated brownie. Just <laughs> delicious. like a perforated brownie. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, Tear off your chocolate goo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two is the Star Crunch, which I love for nostalgic reasons, but it's also just a fantastic tasting snack. I love the crunch and the... It's like chewy and crunchy. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of texture things happening there, which I love. And also, my grandma would give that to us as a sure. Kid. As if you took the inside of a beanbag chair and coated it in chocolate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, love it. And then my number one favorite, by far, no nothing comes close, is the little Debbie strawberry shortcake roll, which is <laughs> I feel like I'm swimming in pools of strawberry every time I eat these things. And I have a bizarre way of eating them, which is. For, I don't know why, but literally every single one I've ever consumed, I have scraped the vanilla off the bottom of it and eaten that, just straight vanilla, and then consumed the rest of it. And that makes me crazy, but it's the way I do life. So, Can I ask you, Tom, did you ever have Dunkaroos? I did, yes. Big Dunkaroo fan. How did you divide the frosting amongst the crackers? How did I divide it? Man, I think I would try to use as little as possible mm-hmm. to start out. And then it's like at the end, you kind of yes. feast on whatever globlets of icing <laughs> and frosting are left. Yeah. 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 Yes. I I'm agree. pretty sure that was my strategy. It's been many, many moons since I dunk a rude. I don't know if I've ever heard the word globlet. I don't know if that's <laughs> not sure if that's a word, but I take liberties with the English It is language. now. Yeah. Yeah. It is now. Uh, Tom, I have a, a 10 second challenge for you. Okay. You are in the Little Debbie test kitchen. You have in front of you a bunch of those strawberry, the strawberry shortcake rolls. What are they called? Yeah, strawberry shortcake. You have them in front of you. You have unlimited other like real things. 10 seconds. What is the dessert that you make out of these things to make them even better? You're a designer. Go. I think I just stack them all like a human centipede, like one after the <laughs> other and just create this like... <laughs> This big centipede, <laughs> strawberry centipede, boom! There it is. What, no chocolate. Done. You wouldn't so you it. just you just lined them up. That's all you did. I lined them up, but connect them with yeah, like strawberry glue or something. I don't know. Put mm. some eyes on the front, chocolate chip eyes on the front. There you mm. go. <laughs> you you mm. failed this kitchen. <laughs> okay, well my my list overlaps none of Tom's list, and so I will go first of all because you're not an old person. <laughs> Maybe. So the uh, which which was the one that Antiman said no one likes? She no, they said everyone likes the frosted donuts. Oh, everyone likes frosted donuts. Oh, yes. Okay, very good. Rich frosted donuts. That's exactly okay. So my number five, ding dongs from Entimans. Number four, and I'm thankful that we get a retake on this because I'm putting mini muffins from Hostess mm. as my number four. Mm. I ate a lot of mini muffins as a child. Number three. Rich frosted donuts from Entenmann's, as they previously stated everyone likes. Number two is chocolate cupcake from Hostess. And my number one, excellent with coffee, the cream cheese Danish from Entenmann's. Mm-hmm. It's a good one, especially with the coffee yeah. combination, but anything with cheese in it, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's a solid roundup. I have no complaints with your 
The cream cheese Danish is a perfect breakfast. If you're ever staying at a hotel somewhere that doesn't offer uh, breakfast or you're staying at an Airbnb or you're camping, it's a perfect like, hey, we got this at Walmart nearby. Let's d- dig in, everybody. It'll, it'll help me survive for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, it'll add something. <laughs> I'll be satiated yeah. for the next half hour and then yeah. hungry again. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm proud of my list. Wonderful. I'm, I'm going to rejigger mine from last time, but no one will know because this is our only time. This will be captured. I'm going to go mm. with the cream cheese Danish as my number five for Mentimens. Then I'm going to follow it up with the mini muffins, number four. Oh, we agree. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with oatmeal cream pie as the third one. Now, as a kid, I believe they came... I don't remember which way they moved. They either used to be big and became smaller, or they used to be smaller and then became bigger. But I can only do the small one. I cannot do a full-scale oatmeal cream pie because I'm in my <laughs> 30s, and that will be the rest of my day. That'll be it for mm. me. Number two, I'm going to go with the honey bun. The honey bun is the ultimate dessert for a kid bringing a sack lunch. Mm. I didn't care what kind of lunch things I had as long as it ended with a honey bun, which also has high value on the trading floor yeah, of like middle school cafeterias. as big as any other dessert. It's very large. Absolutely. gigantic. Yeah. You can you can get a lot of things for honey buns if you're if you play your cards right. If you trade. Well, I love them <laughs> and they're huge. I'm going to go with number 1, the zebra cake. <laughs> Shocker. It is in enca- <laughs> It is encapsulated, therefore it does not dry out. And I think dry cakiness <laughs> is mm. one of the worst things in all desserts. So it stays moist. Yes. inside of the envelope of whatever they put on the outside. No one can know, actually. But the zebra cake is light <laughs> enough to have unlimited amounts of them. It's not like a, a honey bun will, like, canopic jar your organs after three. But the zebra cake, you can have eight of them and still be fine because they're a little lighter. Now, didn't you find some kind of ridiculous conglomeration place where you can combine these things and... Yes, uh, please share them in either show notes or in the artwork because the designers at Lil Debbie (laughs) have been working tirelessly to mash these foods together. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Sort of like, what does it happen when the Power Rangers come together? What's that called? Uh, Voltron. No. No, no, no. no, Megazord. Uh, Zord. Zord. Yeah, Megazord. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yes, that's what they're doing. Uh, Mega, Mega Debbie. They become <laughs> mega dip. Mm. Yeah, and be checking the website in the months to come for the strawberry centipede. It's gonna, it's gonna make it. Mm. I, I, I feel good. Thanks. And the Trojan zebra, Trojan made zebra, out of yeah, all no. zebra rolls in case. Awesome. <laughs> I need five stars, emo dep. Five stars for the exchange. I was, I forgot. I was supposed to Stop. call this the exchange. Oh. <laughs> Oh, sorry that joke fell through. Oh, Oh, bummer.